Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Last week we did something pretty special on Bloke in a Bar. The episode dropped on YouTube on Sunday night called The Nosebleeds, where we tried to get one fan from every single team to come into the studio with myself, Kempi, Timmy and Maddie, and talk about their clubs, answer a few questions, just go club by club discussing whatever the fans wanted to talk about and get their perspectives as we went along. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Everyone had a couple of blokes. We got some food. Uh, it was unreal and it was obviously like the on-mic stuff was sensational. It was the off-mic stuff that I really enjoyed as well, standing around the studio before and after, chatting to people and having a good time and whatnot. All fantastic fans, as all rugby league fans are. Uh, it was really good. And uh, I've got all the audio here for you guys. I actually skipped a little bit. Uh, there was a bit at the start where we talked about some of, you know, my, Timmy and Kempi's predictions for the year. Then we spoke a bit of CBA. I think we've spoken about that sort of stuff uh, a heap on this podcast. So I ju- I've just cut it up uh, to give you guys the bit where all the fans give their perspectives uh, and we respond to them. So I think that's the real the real juicy part of this podcast. So I've got that audio here. Goes for about an hour and a half. All the fans in the room asking us questions, giving their perspectives, pushing back on some of the stuff we said, agreeing with some of the stuff we said. It's a really, really good chat that I think you guys will thoroughly enjoy. We're hoping to do this a few times throughout the year. On Bloke in a Bar, the nosebleeds, I think it's going to be unreal. And I think it'll be really interesting to go you know, throughout the year and get fans' live reactions mid-season and whatnot to how their team is traveling and where they're team is going. Uh, I think this is some of the best content in rugby league we've seen in a while, to be honest with you. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. And hopefully one day you guys listening can be the people sitting in those chairs and uh, having those conversations with us because it really was a fantastic experience. I hand it over now. Kempi's leading the way here uh, and bringing different fans in from different clubs. So whenever you hear a fan talk, uh, just keep in mind, obviously, we're talking to them and we can see them. And they've obviously got uh, their team jersey on or their team memorabilia on. So if you do want the full experience, I would advise going to YouTube, go to Bloke in a Bar, uh, and it's the episode that dropped on Sunday night called The Nosebleeds. I think it's worth having a look at, worth seeing all the fans and everything. A really pretty uh, special experience. So I hand it over now as Kempi's going to lead us. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully Reynolds can stay on the field. 
Insane that you got cl- so close to doing it for a whole year. I know, but it just was like it just fell off a cliff. <laughs> it was honestly, I've never seen. Oh, it's, it's never happened before. Uh, a club has never been in the top four with like six rounds to go and fallen out of the eight. Oh. So that's a good record to have. Um, anyone else with it's some fun coming in here every Monday? Oh, it's yeah. good time. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> Enjoyed that. And then you got people saying, "I need to break the curse. I need to get my shirt off, get my kid <laughs> off." They never knew so many footy fans were uh, superstitious. Jesus, <laughs> bloody hell. Anyone else with some thoughts on outside the eight coming in? Uh, I'll just go back to the Dragons. Sorry to dwell on this. I was still <laughs> we're, talking with, yeah, we're talking with Timmy earlier. I think you can't sack someone, you can't sack the coach six weeks in because you're giving him the same problem to a new coach. So at least Fitzgibbon, Fitzgibbon with Sharks was given a whole year. He knew he was getting the job. He could go and approach Nico Hines, who was with the Storm, mm. bring the players across, bring Finucane across, and then he has a foundation which he can work with. You can't – I don't feel it's fair anyway to give him six weeks, sack him, get an interim coach in. Mm. He has the same issue for the year. So do you reckon make this decision earlier? Or give him the year. Yeah, give him the and year. And tell the coach – Maybe July. Yeah, okay. We tell him, all right, get ready for next year. This is who we're giving you. This is the cap that you have. Mm. Give him the details of the club and say, now go out and start speaking to people. Yeah. Have a chat to people off contract. No one at the Broncos, but anyone <laughs> else that is off contract. And then I think give them the foundation to get through. Because we were saying before, you're kind of the same older players mm. into, the, into the year mm. and then – as I said, no foundation again. Yeah, it's a good point. Like you need to give the new coach yeah. an opportunity to bloody build build a roster for the next year. Um, now, let's get on to some some of the biggest talking points in regards to teams. Uh, let's talk about. Mm, let us talk about dolphins. What What is everyone's thoughts on the dolphins? We we don't have any dolphins fans here, but I don't think they exist yet. <laughs> no, I joke. I jest. I jest. What's the thoughts on the Dolphins? Like, like, and give us honest answers. Like, are you excited about the Dolphins being like? For example, I do feel like when the Titans came in, there was a, quite a bit of buzz. Are you excited about the Dolphins coming in? I would say I'm excited, just for the fact to have a new team in yep. the comp. I wish the NRL did more to support them coming mm. into the comp and gave them an extra year to recruit and get. I feel like they just were rushed in, rushed into the comp. Mm. I don't feel like they were supported by the NRL at all. So. I just wish I were given a bit more time because I can't see them getting off the bottom of the ladder. Maybe, everyone, maybe the Dragons. What's, everyone th- <laughs> what's everyone's thoughts on giving the Dolphins an extra million in the cap or something to be able to pull? Do you think that's unfair? Do you think that's the right thing to start a new club? Don't they do that with like AFL, new yep. AFL franchises? So, yep. well, look, I, I'm okay with it because, yeah, they've had to pull together a squad that's – and a lot of players didn't want to go there because they don't know what they're going to. You know mm. what I mean? So I'm okay with getting a bit of, bit of extra salary cap um, to use on maybe just marquee players just so yep. they can help sign younger guys. Is, is anyone against them getting extra salary cap? Okay. Like, oh, how did you – the Roosters fan just say, <laughs> holy crap. How dare you, sir, come into the mecca of rugby league and insult us like that. <laughs> Help just fill their back room a bit more because, like, they've got heaps of money still to – throw around at big name players and they still can't sign any big name players but it would help them fill their depth and their backroom players and that's where because that's actually where I think they're going to be they're going to really struggle because you look at their side and it's okay not too bad it's about dragon standard but then <laughs> then, you, then you look at their they, they're one or two injuries away and then they're just yep so 
yeah, that's where the extra mil or two could have really helped. Agreed. What, what do you got to say, mate? This will be interesting. Yeah, so obviously being a biased Roosters fan, <laughs> no, but all the jokes aside, mm. they had all the opportunity to sign a marquee player. Mm. I don't actually think money was a big factor for them because look at the guys that were off contract to move this year. We got one of them with Brandon Smith. There's a reason they didn't choose the Dolphins and they had a full salary cap to go after them. So there's obviously something else that was driving it. And they had the Wayne Bennett. <laughs> well, that's true. But that's Brandon Smith, for example. But you look at Cam Munster. And mm. whilst he wanted to stay loyal, the other guys could have as well. So mm. I think there is a, another side of the argument. I mean, you look back at the Titans, you just mentioned that. They signed Scott Prince, Preston Campbell, Matt Rogers in their first year. So they did pretty well, I think. Um, South Sydney, another one that just joined the comp a few years ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> their probably biggest signing was Owen Craig at the time. Wow, <laughs> roosters are coming hot. <laughs> but I think Dolphins have had every opportunity. So that's yeah. the only reason I disagree. That I don't know if more money would have helped them. Yeah, okay. It's it, interesting. I think it becomes interesting because I don't think we can have 17 teams forever. Mm. They're going to have to bring in another team. And if the current team with Wayne Bennett, Peter O'Sullivan, and living up there in Queensland, if they couldn't get marquees... What's the next club going to do? Mate, I mean, like, for example, let's say assume the next club is New Zealand. Like, that means you've got to get an Australian competition, get, like, mainly in a, well, it is an Australian competition, getting blokes to move. If they weren't willing to move to Recliffe, like Brizzy, which is a relatively nice place to live, like, are they going to move to Christchurch or...? <laughs> what, what was, you mentioned before about uh, when they were announced as the NRL's 17th club, and then starting obviously in two weeks time. So firstly, and if anyone knows what the gap between that was, cause it was pretty short and how that compared Titans. to Titans and any teams before that, because yeah. it did seem really quick and rushed. So was it shorter than the I, past I clubs? remember Titans being quite long. It felt like, you know, it was almost, again, it's, it's so long ago, but it did feel like, cause like when I was, that was basically when I was coming through the Titans were already talked about as the next club. And we're talking 2005. Mm. Even maybe six, yeah. definitely, definitely by six, there was talks that Titans would be the club. So that might, might be interesting to look into. Like, how much time did they have? But I, I do agree with your point that they they did like they had the conversations with the, the players. The players were off contract. They got offered massive coin, and they were unable to. I guess I, I think it's going to be interesting to look at, like, especially with the documentary coming out. Stan, guys, Stan documentary coming out. They sponsored the podcast. Make sure to watch it, March six. Um, I would love to know, like, did Wayne handle it in a way that, like, because he's had so much success. When he went to Brisbane, he hadn't really done that much in rugby league. So when he's talking to players, he's almost selling the dream and going on it with them. I wonder, being Wayne Bennett now. Was he quite harsh with the players of like, I've got a standard that I've already set and I want you to meet it. And I wonder if that, he, I wonder how differently he handled Redcliffe and Brisbane and if there was a difference. It'd be really interesting well, to see If that. you go back and have a look at the side he assembled in 88 at Brisbane, mm. look at the side he won his first comp with in 92, there's not many survivors. Mm. There's hardly any. Yeah. There's like, there's like two to three players. So it will be interesting to watch over the next few years. But like, you know, we say the Titans, oh, they got Campbell, they got Scott Prince. You need to remember like, they started in 07, Scott Prince was the premiership winning halfback and Clive Churchill medalist of 05. Mm. Scott Prince had won a Dally M in 01. Luke Bailey was an Australian front rower. Like they, what they did was incredible. Mm. And I sometimes think, have the Dolphins failed miserably? Mm. Did the Titans set a ridiculously high standard we all slept on? By year three, they were a top four team. 
Yeah, it's crazy. It's unbelievable. And I think as well, like, maybe the difference with the Titans is that, like, a lot of good players come from the Gold Coast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, no. But, like, for example, when I was coming through, it was, like, myself, Darius Boyd, Benny Hanna was on the Gold Coast, Steve Michaels coming from the Gold Coast. Like, there were quite a lot of... We had two good... You got PBC, Palmich Grumbin, and Keeper State High, who developed, like... I mean, the players are littered all over the place. And I wonder, like, Redcliffe, do they have maybe one footy school? Plus, they're already competing with Broncos that dominate that, yeah. that area. And it's tough because you compete with the Broncos. Like, like Kibra now for years has been linked to the Tigers, I believe. Like Yeah, back in, back in the day, Benji's days are with Benji's Tigers, days yeah. are all there. and like So it's it's hard to come in and all of a sudden be able to make a link to a school. Yeah. Like that, it's, it's a brutal situation. It, it's tough. And I wonder whether... You know, okay, let's say they don't have success in the first couple of years, but are we witnessing similar to what with Brisbane? Because it took them a while to assemble the great side, and maybe Wayne's being smart and setting standards now so that in five years. And the kids that are impressing us are the Dolphins, are the guys we're going to see in three or four years. Mm. Jack Bostock, you've got Tafare. Katoa, Tafare, all these guys that, that if, you, if they can set culture right over the next two or three years, I think that with Isaiah Katoa, they could be really interesting mm. over the next five or ten. I, I also think. In the Dolphins' defence, the the footy player today is very different to the footy player, you know, even yep. to 10 years ago. Very different. Imagine, like, 20, 30 years ago. Like, like honestly, if you took a young 18-year-old boy or girl from, you know, 1988 and they had a conversation with a, a young kid coming through now. I mean, we had one kid saying he'd never play for the Broncos ever. Like, that, like you know what I mean? That's hectic. What do you got? So Titans were May 2005. I just did all that research, Maddie. <laughs> oh, you go, you all go. All that man. research. Oh, you stole thunder. <laughs> Come out you, of Go, Maddie. Nah, go, you go, Timmy. You no, go, Timmy. I'll be wrong, mate. You go. Uh, May May 2005 was the Titans. They come in 2007. So two years. And then the Dolphins was October. So they had about five months more. Mm. It's not that much longer. But in saying that, with four, I, I'm sure they could have done quite a lot in an extra five months. In saying that, if you said to me, would you rather have five months or have Wayne Bennett? Mm. I would have taken Wayne Bennett every day of the week. And also, would you rather have five months and the, the Leagues Club that makes – and have $100 million in the bank? Apparently, Redcliffe are like the richest club. Mm. Yeah. Look, it's, 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 it is an interesting situation, the Redcliffe Dolphins. Look, I – I think that they'll be competitive. I definitely don't think they'll make the eight. Um, What's your your? How many wins do they get for the season? Five or six. I'll give them. I'll give them two. Two wins, <laughs> Timmy. <laughs> Holy! I hope I'm wrong, but I mate, I I feel so bad beating them up every week. But I just I'm not seeing a good football side. Mm. I'm seeing a genuine, almost like B grade side. There's no star power, an aging mm. roster, no depth. It's like in between, like they've got, you know, aging roster, but then also some of the best young talent, but there's no one ready, like right now hitting form as a kind of superstar. Exactly. Thing. And then like I, I rave on about every single week about new combinations, how this will impact the Bulldogs, the Tigers, and it takes time. They've got an entirely new squad, not just a new 17, but a new squad. Mm. New blokes come in. They still haven't played together with, with those blokes in the top roster. And I just, I have so many... They will win a handful of games playing Wayne Bennett football, and that is grinding away high completions. Might be a wet weather game where they get a complacent opposition who think they're going to walk over them, and they'll just grind away to a win. Yeah. But I just honestly think they're uh, – I don't think they've got the points in them to win many games of footy this year. I, I genuinely hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, now on to one of the big signings over the last few days. Dom Young to the Roosters. <laughs> Mate, his eyes lit up. <laughs> how? Can you, you explain to me how the Roosters got Dom Young? 
We are losing a few players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're always losing a few players. No, no. We do have a couple of players that will actually be leaving probably at the end of the year. You think about Jared, he's probably at the end of his tenure. Siwa's just left on, obviously, pretty decent coin, but we've filled that with Smith. Mm. Um, I think Tupo's probably on the, yeah, close to one of his last. I think he's off contract this year. Yeah, and he'd be on pretty good money, given these ones so many comps and whatnot. So Dom Young, we whilst Tupo's been a great servant, he'll probably take over the Roosters' record this year of most tries. I think he's gone to that age where... You know, you can chase a few extra dollars overseas. So it's probably right time for him and probably right time for us to invest in someone that's so much younger and mm. got so so much talent as well. So you you love the signing? I think it's great. After what I was I was probably a lot there was probably a few people at I know there's a Knights fan somewhere and you're probably on the <laughs> fence with him at the start of last year. But after seeing him last year, plus the World Cup, where he just absolutely exploded, I don't think anyone was expecting him to do as well as he did in the World Cup. Are you can like because it's it's a fair contract. It's not just like oh yeah, we got him three hundred k. Reportedly around five hundred, six hundred mark. Are you happy with that? Do you think is is there a chance where he doesn't fulfil his potential? Definitely, there's always a chance. But mm. the and people love me, uh, especially some people in this room, but <laughs> there's someone out, out that will kick to him every single week and that's Sam Walker. Yep. He'll be there every week to, um, you know, he'll be there on the journey with him because he, they're close to similar age. We've mm. got such a great cr- crop of young talent in there. So I think he'll look outside of him and not have to worry too much, especially if he stays on the wing. You think about if he stays outside Joey Manu, he'll be fed the ball every single week. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Knights fan, thoughts on losing a guy like Tom Young? No fighting, no fighting. Well, we've actually lost a few, or we've taken a few of their players when they've been about 40, so they're probably, it's only fair that we give them one when they're like 21. So, And, and he doesn't really fit our mould. He's young and talented. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he's probably better off at Sydney. So. But no, as soon as... Honestly, as soon as the Roosters come into the race, I was a bit... I knew he was gone. Like, I knew he was gone. What, what I was you, pretty optimistic when all the others were in it, but then yep. as soon as the Roosters come in, I was like, nah. What are your thoughts on the fact that reportedly they didn't... Knights didn't offer him a contract for 10 months, like, at all? Yeah, I, I'm assuming they just didn't really see the... Well, I don't know, because, like, everyone else could see his potential, <laughs> but, like... I don't know. It's nights. No, it's been the age-old thing. We let talent go, and mm. um, it's like we could all see it. And then he went to the World Cup and had that boom World Cup. Even the back of his year, though, like he he had that amazing attack, and his defense is his big thing. Mm. But he'll fix that immediately as soon well, as he goes to the Roosters. But what I couldn't understand is like. Let's say, first of all, if they had have offered a contract earlier, they would have got him for way cheaper, way cheaper. But second of all, let's say they offered him 350, 400, uh, which, which may have been a little bit overs back at the start of last year or even mid last year. But let's say they offered him 350, 400. Are you telling me that let's say it doesn't work out, Dom Young comes out the next year, plays like a busted. Are you telling me there isn't 16 other clubs out there that wouldn't pay half his contract, so 150 minimum for that contract, to get him released from the Knights. Like, I feel like it would have been easy. Like, they would have paid that just for the, his physical attributes. He's 6'7", and the second fastest top speed in the NRL at the moment. The other thing I find bizarre is that he was he played a big role in getting Kai Pierce-Paul. Mm. And someone help me, the other Englishman's name? Will Price. Will Price, that's it. 
to the club. He was part of those negotiations. So for Newcastle to then not offer him a contract when you've got those two arriving next year seems crazy. They're it, trying to shit on you. I wouldn't be surprised if some dominoes fall there. <laughs> It'll be interesting. <laughs> wow. They might end up with the Roosters too. Still you never know. the daggers, huh? Yeah. Caitlin Ponga just signed with the Roosters. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what, as the Knights, what, what are your thoughts, KP at six? Yes or no? I personally like that whole move to the whole spine. I actually, for the Knights, I actually, for once, I can actually see a clear path of what they're trying to do. Mm. It may be a bit this year or the next couple a bit jumbled, but for the first time in maybe like two or three years, that's clear identity. Like we had a, a, like a big immobile forward pack and they've gone and got Adam Elliott. They've gone and got Hetherington, if he can actually stay on the field. But they've got rid of Clamour, who I think was great, but he was big and like pretty slow, respectfully. But, <laughs> and now we've got a bit of a more mobile forward pack and then a spine, which we desperately needed, mm. Hastings, and they've moved Ponga there, which jury's out. But then we went and got a fullback, which jury's still kind of out on but mm. then I think the only other thing that we really need is just depth like mm. we're two injuries away from being a basket catcher so. <laughs> um, you had something to say mate? Oh, I was just going to talk about the idea of Dominic Young and what mm. you boys think of it obviously um, it's footy and the idea that like Alex McKinnon brought him over but what if the same thing happens with Isaiah Katoa he they pay the like heaps of money to get him down to Dolphins or up to Dolphins he kills it and then Chooks or someone offers him like if a little bit more, but they waste all that time on developing him and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's the age old, you know, thing of, I mean, Penrith are going through it right now and because they're at the top of the table, no one feels sorry for them, but like, it's the age old thing of, do we put all our eggs in this basket only for roosters to lay a few eggs and take And it was <laughs> 20 years ago, they did the same thing with Brad Fittler. Mm. Chooks took him over. Matt Singh did the same. Like, is is there should clubs be rewarded for developing? What, what do you guys think? Should club be clubs be rewarded, or should there a system be put in place where they are rewarded for developing players? Well, I reckon they should be. But then, when you think of it, Penrith have set up this massive system of they've developed all these players, got their Tagos, their Taylor Mays, all these boys coming through, and the Crichtons and stuff. Eventually, they will have to move on, mm. but they can use it and have success at the time. Obviously, the Dolphins, it doesn't look like that's the case, given, as you said, they've got this roster of heaps of older blokes and younger guys as well. It's not really meeting in the middle. Mm. But Penrith, they've got all the younger guys, and the Storm do it really well as well. But it's just interesting to see if the other teams are able to replicate it. And, but yeah, I think for sure there needs to be, like, something that goes to those clubs that develop all the younger kids. Well, Alex McKinnon had a great he, – he's obviously a draft. He, wants, he thinks the draft would work in the um, NRL – but he actually had a great suggestion where he feels the NRL should fully take over the junior side of uh, rugby league. So basically, imagine an under-20s comp. We'll just say under-20s. It could be anything. But it's completely run by the NRL. So the whole system is owned and run by the NRL. The NRL sells the product onto the networks. And that way, then you could basically have a real clear pathway of like this player was, you know, he was junior all the way through here or he was a junior through there. And then also you would have the draft system because the NRL could take care of all the development of the players. You would have a big pool of players that could be put in together. I, I actually don't mind that. I mean, if, it's a lot of money. So it's, it's always easy spending someone else's money and saying the NRL should just spend $20 million on a junior system. But I, I actually wouldn't mind what something that, like that. What that also does is it allows 
benefits to club without messing with the salary cap. So you mentioned the AFL before and about how when clubs like GWS came in and mm. the Gold Coast Suns, I don't know if they gave them more cap space. What I know they did do is give them priority draft picks for mm. like five or so years to come after that. So I was like, you're not tarnishing the cap, but you are giving them a benefit. So that's one way. I know there's a Dolphins for, for one side. You could go, all right, five years, you get the number one draft pick or a top five draft yep. pick or whoever that might be. So it just, it opens things up so much more, doesn't it? How that would impact your junior development. Uh, I don't know exactly, but you're right, Kempi. Mm. It'd make that pathway so much clearer, wouldn't it? Because, like, right now, it's it's quite messy. Like, you don't... I mean, it's, it's there is structure. Like, you know, you can get play for the Eels, play Penny Panthers. But, like, it is still... You, you, like who developed who like some club might say well he was here when he was 14 to 16 or whatever you know it's messier than what it seems because mm. we're just used to it yeah but it really it's a shit fight mm. realistically yeah whereas if the NRL took it over and said we are taking over the development as soon as they hit 16 years old we select 416 year olds that go boom into that area and then they just come through the pathways I mean yeah it, that 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 would be really sealing our future too i think like it would really make young people coming through go and girls as well go like it's clear pathway it's not like oh maybe i go play over there maybe i go i can stay where i live mm. and this club hasn't you know i'm straight towards the nrl um any other thoughts on the nights anyone else on the oh, got oh, some. i was gonna say about the rewarding like for bringing up juniors mm. it's easy to say that but there are some clubs that would then be disadvantaged with that. Mm. Like, I don't mean to stick up for the Roosters, I never would, but they've got, what, like three junior clubs. So it's a lot harder for them to develop someone from the very bottom. Mm. Um, so you'd have to define, like, by a certain age, do they have to be an SG ball or mm. something like that? Because it, it's not even a level playing field between, like, Roosters and South, for example. Yeah, to for say sure. For that. sure. So, yeah. And that's where it does get hard, like, from coaching in the South Sydney system. The under-16 comp last year had four teams. You go up to Penrith, they got 14 divisions of eight teams. Yeah, wow. And that's where I think the, the idea from Alex McKinnon of like the NRL coming in and, t and evening the playing field for everyone. And then it actually would help the standard rugby league as well if you had... If the NRL was taking care of every bit of development, like think about how much better players would be because there's a clear system in place yep. that they all kind of follow. Just um, quietly, I thought Lockie Miller left the Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> um... Dead ringer. I, I will say, uh, Lockie Miller, I think he is good enough fullback to be in a top eight side in the sense that, like, he's not going to be the one that holds them back talent wise from making the top eight, in my opinion. Uh, you know, is he a premiership winning fullback? The jury's still out on that. But I do think he's good enough to be in a top eight side uh, at, at fullback. Uh, now Keep an eye on this shark, by the way. Matty always tells me every Monday that he had a ridiculous argument on Saturday night about. Favorite redheaded winger that wore a headgear with my sharks, mate. Every time he says it, and that's you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, let's talk about the sharkies, and we'll get open the floor up. Are the sharkies a premiership threat this year? We'll, we'll speak to the sharky fan first, and then we we'll get your thoughts. Yeah, I hope so. Um, <laughs> I don't see any reason why we shouldn't be. Like, I think our squad is slightly better than last year. I think. Uh, for Feeder and Tolman gone, which they were great, but they were towards the end of their career. Uh, you add Oregon Kafusi and a fit Jack Williams. Um, Royce Hunt's come along a long way. So mm. I think we've improved, but teams may also start to figure out the way we play, the way Nico's playing. Um, mm. Hopefully not. 
but yeah i don't know i i'm a bit of a pessimist fan sometimes so i don't like to look ahead like that because then you can't get hurt hey bro exactly. <laughs> exactly so if i expect to lose then it's okay yeah but, but um on squad yeah i think we should be a premiership threat for sure mm. anyone thoughts on that the sharkies everyone kind of feel they are premiership threats i'll just say got, they've got the core pieces in around the leadership group like you look at dale fnukin uh cam mckinnis wade mm. graham um you look at those sort of guys and you can't not have a good culture i don't think in your in your team and mm. you can't, the team's always going to be up i think um to play when you've got those guys leading your team so with those guys as uh sort of leadership i, I think they'll go well no matter what touch wood but like what about the yarn about before Dale Fanukin signed? Like, oh, he's he's done. You know, his body's breaking down. He's not going to make it through the year. I mean, he played most games last year, yep. and he looks it's all about culture. Sweet, yeah, he looks sweet. And that's what I think with the Sharkies too. Like, probably outside of Nico Hines, I think anyone could get injured, mm. and they can replace them, and nothing much changes. Mm. Yeah, only Nick, yeah, you're right. Nico Hines is really the only one that's irreplaceable. Yep. Like, not irreplaceable, but you know, what I mean, the big fella here he is. I was just going to say, like, they've got the depth as well. They don't only have the core pieces. Yeah. They've got strike across the park, and I can't identify a weakness. I don't know what their biggest weak, weak link is. So, um, And they've got the depth to step in if someone gets injured as well. So, Well, you've got guys like Iroh, Dykes obviously got e- It's injured. the best 30 in the comp, in my opinion. You reckon? Yeah. Even better than Penrith? I, I think so. Player for player, you go all the way through it. Like, you've got guys like Connor Tracy that aren't in their top 20. You've mm. got Iroh's. You've got, like... Trindle, Hazelton's, yeah. all these guys. The Peru guy coming through. Peru, uh, who was the fullback last week? Yeah, like yeah. Anderson. Like, there's there's so many guys in this team that can't make it. Mm. And Sifatelico was a bench middle last year. Mm. He's now a starting centre. Who, sorry? Yeah. yeah. Like they've yeah. lost Dykes, Miller. And they're sweet. Anyone worried about them? Yeah, it's crazy. It's, uh, I just can't believe how quickly they've turned it around. Like, yeah. what was it, two years ago where you were struggling to make the eight? And now, like, your squad is – the depth is insane. Have you got the mic there? Yeah, there was the uh, – two seasons ago, we, we just missed the eight on for and against. Mm. Titans pipped us on the last game <laughs> of the year, sadly, but um, good for them. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, we've been in the finals pretty much every year, but there was – we were out week one um, both the years previous to that as well. Mm. So I feel like last year was a big change with Fitzy and – Mm. The culture with Fanukin, McInnes, and then players like Ronaldo and that are literally turning into the elite of the comp as well yeah. that have just come through us, down, like from our lower ranks. So, yeah, it's a good time to be a Sharks fan. Um, exciting as, and your seven is hot as anything. Um, <laughs> now, who who's more likely to win a premiership, Cowboys or Sharks this year? Throw it. You need to ask me that. Sharks, Sharks for sure. Yeah. Reese Robson's about Reece. to punch in the back of the <laughs> As the hooker, I think Toddy Payne would be dirty if I said the, uh, <laughs> shark. yeah, the, the, the Sharks. Yeah, the were so good on the weekend, I thought. Like, obviously, Cows went down to the Bronx. But yeah, just both. Oh, I'm with Guru. I think they've both got better squads than the, than the Panthers now. And obviously, you know, the jury's out on the Panthers with Sonny Luke to come back and mm. Dill Edwards and uh, Liam Martin and stuff. But I think... Balance-wise, I personally think balance and talent, best two squads in the comp is yeah, Sharkies and Cows, my opinion. Mm, it's incredible how quickly they've turned that around. Like, again, it was two years ago, and there's no way you'd be sitting there going, oh, how good's the depth of the Sharkies? Oh, it's 12 months ago. You hit, and now all of a sudden it's yeah. like, you don't, 
I mean, you are worried about injury. You don't want your top seven to get injured. But I don't think anyone's sitting there going, oh, man, if we lose three or four players, we are done. We are done. Um, Kempi, Corey and I uh, come through school together this year above me. Jake over the back there as well, played as well. And mm. one of the hardest blokes I've ever played footy with him and I lining up, just used to fly and just whack the biggest, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. biggest blokes in Sydney. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, we just sit there and look at each other and just line blokes up. What do we say? <laughs> whack him. Brothers. Whack him. But uh, Corey... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come from one of the softest blokes I've ever played footy with. <laughs> but uh, these boys and Corey came through Jimmy Tedesco's year at school. Oh, so okay. you probably would have played with him from what, year seven or something, did you? Uh, yeah. I didn't go to Greens till year 10, but Teddy and I are the same age and you know, played at um, rugby at Camden and league at Camden and stuff like that. And Wes, Harold Matts and stuff like that. What was a lot coming through with him from through school or older grades? Teddy, yeah. So Teddy was one year above me at school, but like I said, same age. Um, just unbelievable to yeah. play with. Like, he was a bloke that was just so talented. Like, a lot of people don't know about Teddy. He was, like, an athletics champion when he was, like, super young. Like, he was so fast. Um, and then he was a good cricketer. Um, and, yeah, league-wise, he was just a bloke that you always hear that yarn in the sheds about you looking around, geez, going to be tough today. And you'd see Teddy pulling on his, you know, jersey, be a six or a one. And you go, oh, we might be all right here today. Like, he just... Just had a bag of tricks, mate, you know? Mm. Yeah, you just get, get Was he a crazy tackle breaker back then too? Yeah, he's, his ability to change directions has improved with, like, everyone's aware that he's sort of changed his running style and mm. he runs different now. But he has just always turned on a dime, rapid acceleration. Yep. Um, and he didn't get big till 20, yeah, 20, okay. yeah. 19, 20, when he was in the Tiger system, he just jacked up. Yep. But prior to that, he was just a little beanpole. Yeah, but, yeah, wow. your team... You know, we were playing against Paddy's Blacktown and stuff like that. Blokes like um, yeah, Matty, Matty Lodge, for example, was playing there. And mm. Teddy would sort of go over him with those powerful hips. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. And he goes, geez, where's that come from? But you, you see it again today. And mm. um, on Teddy, though, yeah, always the hardest worker in the room. So he deserves everything he gets. I, mm. I remember being at a trial. It was Teddy's first trial that he played for the Tigers. And there'd been a lot of talk about him. It was the year Braith and Astor had gone over there. Mm. I remember we were at, like, it was at like Camden or something. And Braith and Astor was walking through and... No one was around Braith, and then Teddy walked out. It, uh, no one knew who he was, and the crowd around him was unbelievable. Really? They were just following him everywhere he went. I'll, I'll never forget it. And think, and at that point, I didn't know who he was either. Mm. Looked at the thing and saw this James Tedesco. Then he played, and you just went, fuck, he's something different. Yeah, wow. Far out. Destined for greatness. Now he's, I would argue he's one of the most consistent players of all time. Without a doubt. Like, he, like put it this way, he, the trial on the weekend was the worst game Arguably the worst game I've seen him play, and like he didn't even play that bad. It's just uh, like I, I don't know how he does it year in year out, puts yeah. in these crazy efforts. Well, he's been at the Roosters now five years. And five that's five player. Jack Gibson medals. <laughs> that's insane. Have I, a year off, chill. Yeah. Just relax, bro. Seriously, <laughs> just relax, mate. Um, let's talk about uh, the mighty Para Eels. The mighty Para Eels. Uh, para, Para, Para as well. All right. Do you think you have, will feel the loss of a guy like Reed Marnie, Isaiah Papali'i? Do you think you have the squad this year to win the premiership or do you think your window has closed? Oh, I mean, I'll go first. Mm. Um, well, I wanted to touch on, I want to get your guys' opinion on it first. So obviously it's not as bad as others, but I want to talk about our, like the retention of those key players and everything like that. So obviously losing Papali'i, I kind of felt that more than losing Marnie. Mm. Um, but I felt like, obviously, he got, what, he was second row of the year the year before, and mm. then we try and lowball him and give him unders, and then he signed somewhere else. So 
I was like kind of like, all right. But um, I mean, this year I feel like our bench is stronger than last year because obviously like Hopgood coming over, that gives like Maddo a break. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I wouldn't say close, but obviously going in every year, it's, it's always like every year, oh, we're going to break the drought. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But I wouldn't say close, but I mean, I'd say similar squad, obviously losing those players, obviously not good. But I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say closed. I think uh, in regards to like retention and that, I think they've shown a real, like, you could have looked at Papali Ian being like one hit wonder in the sense of, oh, Eels just got lucky that they got this guy from the Warriors that just somehow turned into the best back row on the comp. But I think with the recruitment of Hopgood, it shows the Eels have a real eye for that, that player. Because like Hopgood's come in and already impacted the squad. Mm -hmm. And so seeing that, it actually gives me a lot of confidence in, in Eel's ability to just push through this window per se and not go from like, you know, Eels of yesteryear would like go on this crazy run and then be bad for four or five years. Now I feel like at the moment they've got the good systems in place and a really good eye for talent. And it's tough. As you said, you know, they lowballed um, Isaiah Papaliti and, you know, if they won one more game last year, everyone's going, wow, what a system Parramatta is. They don't pay overs for guys, but because they've won that premiership yet, you're still going, just why aren't they keeping IPAP? Mm. The, the narrative flips very quickly mm. if they had that game. And I, I know that's a big step, but I, I, at times I understand what Parramatta's <coughs> doing. And there's a lot of times that I've got a lot of question marks <coughs> around it still. But I also think that you've lost players, but I think the experience that your Dill Browns, your Mitch Moses, these sort of guys have gained from last year. And I know it was only a trial on the weekend, but... Fuck, Mitch Moses looked confident the other day. And I just feel like every year he just gets slightly better. And has, has that been confirmed that he's staying or is that just rumoured at the moment? Well, it's. I mean, I'd be shocked if he doesn't stay. Yeah, so would I, yeah. So I I don't think it's closed. And last year I would have said to you if Reid leaves, it probably is closed, but I don't think it is now. What are your thoughts on the Eels this year? Um, I don't think it's closed. I'm probably – I'm really excited for Hodjo. I think, like, off the field he'll have a really great mm. impact. I'm probably a little bit concerned whether he can do the full season. Mm. I, I'm not sure. We've got Mitch Rain, I guess. Yep. But otherwise, I'm not sure who else we might have there. Mm. Um, Hopgood, I'm super, super excited about. I think um, he really just had a lot of rep players above him. Otherwise, he would have a break at Penrith. So mm. I'm really excited for him there. Um, losing Papali'i is big. But I'm excited for Murchie. I think he'll be good. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, we could potentially do with him what we've done with Papali'i, which mm. is just turn him into a gun player, really. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, you're right in regards to Hopgood. Like, he's behind the best 13 in the comp, essentially. Like, so I actually think... Uh I think I actually think Marnie's a bigger loss than Papali'i because I think that you guys have such a big forward pack and strong forward pack that you'd be able to cover it. Don't get me wrong, it's still definitely a loss. It, I think it all hinges on... Because I think Hopgood actually adds something to your forward pack that you haven't had for quite a few years. Like, you haven't had a ball playing 13, like, fuck. When was People talk about Maddo like he is, but he really he's isn't. He's not. Not he's the not. way that he plays. No, I don't think Maddo, he's yeah. – he can ball play, but he's not like Isaiah Yo <laughs> yeah. out the back link man. He's more forward to forward ball playing, kind of yeah. like the Bulldogs when they introduced the, their front rowers tipping on. I think he could, but that's not the role they've given him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I wonder, like – he is so explosive in a big body. Would he be wasted as that ball player? And, and I suppose the difference, like in terms of having that genuine ball playing lock, they're also gifted with Junior Bolo, who's one of the mm. best. Well, would you say he's the best ball playing front rower in the competition? Yeah, like, for sure. Exceptional. Like 
their ball movement from one side to the other is as good as anyone's in the NRL. And mm. yeah, they don't have that direct ball playing lock as such, but geez, they've got some other boys in there who can move it around well. Yeah. And oh. like, I mean, last year, I know don't want to go into the past too much, but Reed Marnie had the best service from dummy half. So how is that going to be without Reed there? Hodge's got good ball service, but it's nothing on Marnie. I don't think anyone's got anything on Marnie. No, and that, yeah, and that's nothing against Hodger. No, Marnie's not at all. the best of the not best. Yeah. Hopefully, what they he lacks in, let's say he just plays solidly. Hopefully, that he can make up for with his experience off the field. You know, hopefully, which I think he will. Yeah, 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 for sure. Anything more on the Eels? Um, one thing, sort of on the Eels still, but with Junes and RCG obviously coming off like a really big um, World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, and I think they played pretty well in the trials. They, they had some good minutes there. Mm. But do you think that's going to affect anything throughout the season with some of those boys who have had quite a short preseason? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, like, because they're going to have to balance. They don't want to burn the boys out as well. Like, they don't want, you know, them getting halfway through the year and being like, man, I am tired. But at the same time, you don't want to be underdone and get injuries and soft tissue, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's a really tough balance. And it's like, it's one of the unsung or one of the not talked about things that the Melbourne Storm handle really well, the Roosters handle really well. I think the Eels will handle it okay because they, they have been willing to like change up. Like for example, I spoke to Junior last year and I was like, what are you, you going to do about your end of year fade off? Like what, what are you going to do this year that's different? And apparently they completely changed their um, training program. They completely changed the way they train so that coming into finals that they would start peaking. So I think they're aware of it, It's but sometimes players just have down years, like, you know, and I'm not saying that Junior or RCG will, but like sometimes players are just tired, like they're just, their body's banged up, they need a reconstruction or whatever it is, but it is, it's definitely going to be a challenge, I think, for sure. Oh, I think it'll have a big impact this year. You've also, you know, it doesn't sound like much, but you're also extending the season mm. by two weeks or whatever it is. So that on top of when, you're, when you're at the end of a season playing NRL, you are just like, mate, I am done. Especially your teams that go deep into finals, go to a World Cup, come back, start. Origin as well. Origin smack in the middle of it. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how clubs do handle it. Like, we obviously do a lot of uh, um, super coach stuff, and you sit there and go, this guy will definitely play 80. You go, can he play 80 all year, mm. realistically? Is that the best thing for the longevity of his body? When you consider like, the big guys last year that played 35 games of footy. Mm, crazy. Which is crazy. And you look at Penrith in particular, like it would be the first side since Parra to go the treble. Mm. And I mean, I think they're, they're starting the season as favourites. Nearly their entire side was in the World Cup up to the final between Samoa yeah. and Australia. It's true. Add two rounds to it, back to back premiers. Like, that will be a mammoth task for them mm. to do it again. Uh, I think Junior last year played the most minutes of any player or something, didn't he? Or any forward? Be up prop, maybe. He yeah. played the most games of any player. Of any player. Oh, right. Um, so it's a great point, like managing those big, especially bigger bodies as well. Um, You'll have Madison fresh though. Yeah, Madison. Oh. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Maddo saying I'd rather sit out three weeks? And <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> I mean, obviously it's not great, but I feel like they got him not at a great time. Like mm. it was just off the back of the grand final, right? So... Mm. He's probably had a few skewers. <laughs> a few skewers. Um, <laughs> and then he obviously didn't think it was fair, so he's gone, well, no, stuff that. I'm not paying for that. And mm. then maybe later on has been like, oh, Whoops. actually, that's probably not a great call. Well, yeah, I mean, I thought, like, at the time seeing it, I was kind of – I could be just completely, like, paragoggles on, like, bias. I didn't think it was a suspension worth. But, I mean, obviously, when you get it, you've got to kind of 
cop it on the chin. But and obviously, what instead of taking like the smallest portion out of his salary to play the first three games, instead he goes, "No, nah, I've got like other things to look out for." Mm. And then suddenly, when he everyone gets on his back, he tries to backflip on it. It's kind of like I know it's just like everyone said. I think you guys have mentioned it like bit of a kick in the teeth for the rest of the team. Like how everyone sees like, oh, like he. It's not there for the boys kind of thing. Like, he's willing to have three weeks off and not focus on the team, like, hit the ground running sort of thing. I don't know, that kind of, that annoyed me, I'm sure. Like, other para fans felt the same, and I'm sure other teams would feel the same if one of their star players from the season before decides to take three weeks off instead of paying a small yeah, fine. Yeah, it's, it's like, because uh, like I've met Maddo, and I just, I think that he was, like, almost, and I don't know for sure, but I think he was almost, like, making a stand of, like, why are we paying these massive fines and it's I know it's not massive the contracts are on like it's unfair that we have to like I've got to pay money to, to play footy but I, I think he just probably just as you kind of suggested like he probably wasn't thinking like it was so far away this season sometimes you're not you're just not thinking about that and then as it gets closer you start going oh my god like I'm actually not going to play um, isn't it funny how it's played out like yes he's now more of a middle forward but then Lane gets injured <laughs> IPAP's gone. They are desperate for an edge back row. Oh, if only they had one. It's rugby league down to a T. Oh, it's always <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Now, uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Rabbitohs. The Rabbitohs. How are we feeling about the Rabbitohs? Do we are we do we think that they can go one further? Do we think that they're a bit un like, for example, if they had finished that first half off a good good against Panthers last year, there's a real world where they get the win. They were up 12-0 with like five to go in the first half. Do you think they can go further this year? I, I do. I do. I think that, you know, it's been five years in a row going grand final or prelim. Mm. Um, so I really do hope that they can go, you know, at least one better. Mm. Um, in saying that, it's a really settled squad. They've, they feel like, you know, they've been... They, they know what they've got to do. Yeah. Um, I think Demetrio's been really good for the team, especially coming off the back of Wayne Bennett. Mm. I think he sort of brought in a little bit more of a... Um, not that not that Wayne didn't do this, but like he, he's really sort of galvanised them against the media and that kind of thing. Mm. Definitely doesn't feel the same as they um, as they did in the past under Seabold and um, you know, Madge before that. Mm. I think... The only thing that worries me is, yeah, just guys like, um, you know, Cam Murray, Damien Cook, these guys have, who have played huge amounts of football over the last five years. Yeah. It's like, can they hold up? And, like, mm. they're not necessarily the biggest bodies yep. and that kind of thing. And they really need guys like uh, Latrell and everything to sort of really step in and sort of take on leadership roles as well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it, I, I, I've got high hopes for them this year. I mean, it's but it's hard to stay up at that sort of level for so long. Yeah. And I think, you know, for Souths, like they brought on along, they brought, brought along a lot, a lot of um, younger players sort of really slowly at mm. the moment and they haven't really had places for them to go. So I think it's sort of, it'll be really interesting over the next couple of years um, this year as well uh, to see sort of how they do develop their younger talent and that kind of thing. Did, were you, because like, I'll be honest, I didn't feel Demetrio was going to have success first year and like I was totally wrong, like totally wrong and I, I think he deserves, he's a, essentially the only coach post Wayne Bennett that has been able to keep the side together and playing really good footy. Were you a believer before this year? Well, I was under the impression that like the last two years under Wayne, Demetrio was 
pretty much running the show anyway. Okay. And Wayne was sort of just being that sort of figurehead kind of thing, mm. really putting on the finishing touches to the sort of game plans and that kind of thing. But it was pretty much Demetrio carrying it through. Yeah. And I think they're going to try something really similar up at Redcliffe. Okay. Um, or the um, where they do uh, <laughs> have Christian Wolf there as well. So I think that's sort of um, that'll be interesting how they go up there. But yeah, I I I, I had faith from the start. Yeah. I, th I thought you know I thought Renault would be a bigger loss than Wayne, and I think he probably was in the end. Mm. Um, which is a massive call when it's Wayne Bennett, you know. Yeah. Um, do you think they made the right call with Renault and they like the decision to get Lockie Elias in there at seven? Was the right, like I personally think like it's pretty clear it was the right call. Like they're they're still playing good for you, but do you think they could have maybe squeezed another year out of Renault? I, th I think it, it comes it comes down to what the cost is. Like mm. if you you know you do that and you lose your Mamas Ellis and your Davy Moales and these sort of guys that are coming through, mm. and you've put all the time into them in the junior grades, is it worth it? And I mean, Souths have always been a well at least for the last sort of ten years they've been a team that sort of focused on the long term success of the club and that mm. kind of thing as well, rather than sort of really sinking everything into the next year or 18 months. Yeah. So I think that's probably where they were coming from with um, with, with Renault. And I mean, I've got, he's one of my favourite ever Rabbitohs. So it's like, you know, he brought all the success when he came in, you know. Man, I'll, I'll be honest, I was wrong about that too. <laughs> I was like... We didn't get much right with the Bunnies. <clears throat> yeah, Bunnies, Appreciate I was it. so wrong. Like I, I thought Bunnies, there was a... I, st I think I still had him in my eight, but I thought there was a real chance it was going to be a disaster. And I thought that getting rid of Reynolds was, it was you know... You know, just let Lockie Elias wait a year or two. 100% wrong. I think Lockie, I think it was the right call for both parties. Like, Renault obviously brings a lot to Brisbane. But Lockie Elias looks like a halfback for the next 10 years. And if you would have said to me, one Rabbitohs running out for the Dolphins in round one, I would have laughed at you. Mm. Mark Nichols. Mm. Count Cody Nicarima if you want. He was a mid-season guy. For, for the coach to keep Mark, to only lose Mark Nichols yeah. to Wayne Bennett, you think about when the Dragons won the comp, what are we talking? Bo Scott. Jeremy um, Smith Jeremy Smith Darius Boyd Alex McKinnon like mm. it's an incredible knock I think what the coach has done at South mm. Sydney absolutely absolutely uh, now the Titans let's talk about the mighty Titans have you finally sorted out your nine and your 13 how are you feeling going into this year yeah mate look I'm heaps higher than them this year last year I feel actually <laughs> nah I feel like last year <laughs> last year <laughs> Everyone was high on him and it was like, I couldn't see why. We were yeah, so okay. disjointed. Had Toby there. Had AJ at six. Like, why? Mm. But this year, we've put AJ back at fullback. Got four in at six, thank God. Mm. And then hopefully go with Tanner Boyd there. I just think if they can sort out what happens at 13. I know Guru's pretty high on putting Aaron Clark there. I actually quite like having Isaac Lou there. Mm. And then putting... I don't like Jaden Campbell at 14. If okay. we can put Aaron Clark at, at, at 14, he can come play some... Um, nine if need be I know Sam Farrells is a 80 minute hookup but as you said as the season goes on blah blah he can also then come in play 13 when the sting's taken out of the game play through the middle link up with Tino mm. Jermaine Jolliffe all those boys Mo Fonawaka play out the back like I reckon there's a massive chance this year of doing something where would you play Jaden Campbell Jaden Cam I wouldn't play him would you be willing to lose him yeah yeah. For sure. How, how AJ would only be about 27, 26. Not even that. I think not even. Yeah. I reckon he's like a long-term fullback. Yeah, okay. Because like Campbell's so good that I think a lot of clubs will have a bite at him. There'll be a long line. You wouldn't chuck him at centre or something just to get him in the side? Wait, no. like we've got Brian Kelly, yep. who I'm massive on. I reckon he's a gun. Um, shot. Weapon. And then like if we can sort out the Dave for feeder issues... If we can sort out the David Fafeda issues of getting him to run through the line, not just trying to get the ball and bounce over it himself, 
with um, Tanner Boyd there and follows, I reckon he can sort that out, give AJ some space, link up with shot. Like, he can bounce, set up um, for feeder. I reckon looking good this year. Oh, I agree with your the thought process. Like, I think the Titans need to make a call on Campbell. Like, mm. I think that th this 14 role, he's just not suited for it. Like, and look, I'm happy to say I was wrong and he comes and he becomes the best 14 in the comp. There's a, there's a world where that happens because he is so talented. But I think, like, it's best for both parties. I do think that Jaden Campbell is a first-grader first fullback that should be playing fullback every week. And... I think the Titans are probably going to have to bite the bullet, whether it is moving AJ to six and putting Campbell back or saying, Campbell, look, mate, you're going to be 14 if you're here. Camp, like, Brimo has to be number one. Um, so I, under I definitely understand that thinking. I think they need to make a decision for sure. Yeah, because um, yeah, if they did play him at 14, they can't put him in through the middle. Mm. He's probably like 80 kilos ripping wet. Like, mm. He can't go anywhere, you know what I mean? Not going to take Sam Ferrells off for him. Does he even want to play at 14? You know what I mean? Like, I think he's such a good player. There's got to be another NRL club that would love to have him at fir first grade week in, week out. Can I ask you, if you were to take Jaden Campbell and get him in like a swap deal somewhere, what sort of a position or player would you be targeting? Like, where, where, what, what do you think your side lacks? I don't know. I think it's not to bring it up to the Dragons again, but I feel I look, at the, so I look at the Dragons as just like just 13 average footballers. But like our, our, our backs, I sort of look at a bit like that. Like sometimes we've got Phil Sammy who can, like good player, played origin, but can he go to that next level, bring mm. us a comp? Like I don't think so. But then when you say Jaden Campbell, we ideally need a seven. He's not going to bring us a Mitch Moses or a, one of the other big guys in the competition. So maybe probably another, like like a, maybe another prop. Yeah, got, I was going to say prop. Yeah. I think he's going to need another prop. God, it's going to be tough watching, you know, Preston Campbell's son dominating somewhere else. Because he will. He'll years. kill it. It's going to be tough. But Brimo's just too good. Yeah. He's just... Just interested. Who do you think's a better 14, Jaden Campbell or Tanner Boyd? Well, I'd have Tanner Boyd starting. So Tanner Boyd would start for me, and I'd agree with you. I'd either have Liu or Clark at 14. Because, yeah, I reckon um, Aaron Clark at 14 is just such a good option with three big front rowers like um, Lou, Tino, and then Jamin Jolliffe. He's so underrated. He's been so underrated for so many years now. Mm. He's actually finally getting a good crack. Yeah. Those three at the front, they just go so hard. Mm. Aaron Clark comes in, plays like Dylan Walker, just tears them up through the middle, links up with them. Sam Verrells as well. I reckon they'll actually be given actually a crack this year. Do you reckon they could sneak into the eight? Honestly, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like what, six to eight? That yeah, yeah, no higher and probably couldn't win a comp this year. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think they're not getting as much credit because last year everyone was so high on them for no reason. They were so disjointed, but yep. this year they're actually like looking like they could give it a crack. I could you beef up Campbell and put him in six and put four into seven? He's little, man. Like he's a he's a little frame, and you wouldn't want to take away what's <laughs> like a big issue I had with like when I was playing is like they always tried to beef me up, and like I I was never going to be stronger than the strongest guys on the field. I was never going to be bigger. I was never going to win every bit of contact. But the one thing I could do was be faster and have better footwork. But they were, like, trying to, like, bring me up to, like, you know, for example, like when I played my best footy, I was 82 kilos. Um, whereas they were trying to get me to, like, 87, 90. So what would, what would Campbell be now? Mate, he'd be so small. I don't even reckon he'd be 80, honestly. He's a small body. And, it, like, so I just – I personally think he's an out-and-out out fullback, and I reckon there'd be plenty of clubs right now that, like, for, like I, I would honestly put him on. There was a period there 
where I thought that he potentially would have, may have more upside than Reese Walsh. Now, Reese Walsh has kicked on to do what he's doing, and there's still parts of Reese Walsh's game that needs to be fixed up. But I, I, I think Jaden Campbell's potential is mental. Mental. 80 uh, kilos. 80 kilos. Yep. See, that, that's what's on the site? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's probably... It's, it's probably yeah. lighter. It's probably lighter. It's, probably uh, I, it's one of my gripes is when they take these tiny little fullbacks and maybe they, they just, even defensively, they're just thinking, we need to bulk them up. Just mm. more solid defence on the line, that last man. I look back to Anthony Milford at the Raiders, Ben Barb at the Doggies, their best years in the NRL were their first couple of years when they were tiny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I understand why the clubs do it, but I just it's my gripe. And Jaden Campbell, if they do it to him, I think he's going to lose his biggest asset, and that's his speed. Yeah. He'll still be quick, but he won't be what he is now. Well, just I'm with you. I think he's just an out-and-out fullback. Out-and-out fullback. I, th- I actually think, and it hasn't been spoken much, I think KP's too big for his body. And I think that when he came into grade, he was skinny as... Like, he was a touch player. And I think he's actually put too much muscle mass... Uh, on for how good he is in like look I'm no physio like so this is just armchair stuff but me personally when I put a lot of weight on I I went through from when I was four years old all the way up to playing NRL never strained a calf done a hammy nothing never like literally like my body was quite balanced soon as I got to about 87 90 kilos boom hammy gone like and a big tear too and it was all because I had too much weight on my body like I had just way too much muscle mass and weight um and obviously that's changed now if I could way heavier uh, <laughs> but yeah so I think with the Campbell situation just let him do what he does man I think with what you with what Guru said with Campbell could you play him at center and defend in the front line I reckon he's tough enough for it he's definitely he, tough enough but he's just you would almost guarantee yourself a quick play the ball on him which and it's no disrespect to Jaden because like bloke's got plenty of quick play the balls on me so it's not I'm not sitting here saying I was fucking Manu Vatavai on the wing jamming bloke because I definitely wasn't um but it would just be too much of a spot like you'd be doing video sessions and the whole play like let's say Broncos are playing Titans their whole sets would just be going straight down his edge when um Brian Kelly comes back do you think he takes the spot over Phil Summy? oh Brian like the 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 Titans' backs are so straight, hard to, to gauge because, like, Brian Kelly will come out and literally play like this kid could play Origin, and that's I'm not even being hyperbolic. Like, he has games where you're going, "Oh my god!" Every single one of their backline players has this potential, but constantly sit here. Yeah, it's bizarre. Like they, they sit there for half a decade. It's they have like this crazy game, yeah. or in attack they'll be incredible for half the year, but then you look at their defense and like their reads are poor, and and it's so. It's really hard to say. I will say um, Khan Pereira looks quite exciting on the wing. I think he'll probably jag a wing spot, potentially. Um, Khan's getting the, the pre-season hype. How's oh, JoJo looking as well? Jo- well? JoJo gun, Khan gun. So again, like the, the thing with the Titans is it's quite... You don't have... Like a lot of other clubs struggle for depth in the outside backs. Like look at the Tigers right now. Like probably not that much depth in the outside backs and they're still trying to figure out... Whereas Titans, like they're almost letting... Backs go. Well, like you have looked through their whole squad. Like you've got Mo Fodawaka coming off the bench. I was sitting here two years ago going, he's going to be the best front row on the comp in yeah. two years. Yeah. So there's definitely potential there with the Titans. Like, I, I look, put it this way, like I, I don't have them pushing into the eight, but I absolutely wouldn't be surprised if they did push into the eight. With Kieran Foran, Kieran Foran and Verrills, I actually think Verrills would be one of the most underrated signings of the year. I think, he, I think actually, I, I would go as far to say I was surprised that they got cheese for Verrills because Verrills is way cheaper like obviously like cheese is I think he's a better player but Verrills would have been on fucking oh the service Verrills gave gives out a dummy half is invaluable to any side so mm. I think he'll be fantastic for you guys but 
He went through a few injury years at yeah. the Roosters. I think that's probably the main thing. And when you get someone like Cheese on the go, I think that's yep. a big success. But I think he'll do really well. But my issue for the Titans is David Fafita. Like, it's so frustrating watching from a neutral fan. I'm a big fan of his. But, like, if you're inside their 20-metre line and you're not giving him the ball at least once a set, it is just infuriating. And especially yeah. watching the trial on the weekend, you think they've had a whole preseason. This is their time to unleash him. He didn't touch the ball in the second half of the first 20-odd minutes, and then he picked it up and ran 60 metres to set up the second try. Like, mm. See, I like the way – I know this is very controversial as well. I actually like the way they do use Dave Fafita at times, especially coming to the, out of their own end. We're a type of team like Manly, like the Storm, that can throw the ball around. If he holds his width, that allows us – our our like back five get out of out of our own end and then if he comes in we're able to shift it they compress and we got an overlap early mm. i think that's so underutilized in the nrl as well shifting it out of your own 20 even yeah i think in fafita the situation's hard for fafita because part of it is his fault like not going in and getting carries but also he's had a million different halves pairings like th these things take time like the, it takes time to get the timing of like what, what I've actually liked about Fafita's trial games, although, you know, we, he can always get a little bit more involved. But when you look at the number of runs he's had, it's quite high. But also the way he's running, he's taken, like, hit-ups, like straight straight line hit-ups. Whereas, like, you know, put it this way, last year I was saying they should put him in the front row just to get him through 20 hit-ups and run straight. Um, Fafita's an interesting one because, like, put it this way, would, if Fafita was on 600K, would you be as frustrated? No, definitely not. But yeah. if he's on the big money and – but he's got so much potential. Yeah. That's that's the annoying yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. He, he reminds me a lot of – not to shit on South, even though I'd love to, um, <laughs> <laughs> all podcasts, but um, he reminds Put me a lot of – Put your feet up, like, Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he reminds me a lot of what Latrell used to do. Like, mm. just sits back and just, you know, he ends up with three runs for the whole 80 minutes, even though he does a whole bunch of flashy stuff, but he has three runs. Mm. He, like, you want a bit more from him, even though he has the highlights. Mm. So that's why I just see very similar traits in between those two players. Mm. I think Troll, like, Troll's a match winner. Like, the amount of games that he won for you. But you're right in regard, even I would say, like, sometimes I wish Troll would just tuck the ball and fucking just go. What, what about your, with Troll? What, what are your thoughts on Troll? Like, I tell you what, I love Troll and he's so talented. But do you feel sometimes that you just wish he would just go for it or do you love the way he plays perfect? No, I like the way he goes because, yep. like, I don't know, watch the Charity Shield on the weekend and it was, I think he touched the ball about eight times, but he scores a try, crashes over, mm. puts another player over and, you know, I'd rather him do that than take 30 runs and do none of the other stuff, you know. Mm. So. Do you reckon there could be a balance though? Like, do you reckon, because, like, I agree with you in regards to, like, I, I, it's, I'm not saying he plays poorly at all because he doesn't. Like, he has minimal touches, but every touch is incredible. Like, every touch you're going, oh, my God. But I do, if we could just get, like, three or four big runs out of him i reckon it would take he's already at the tippity top but i, I it almost like <clears throat> honestly maybe hyperbolic because i think greginess is the best outside back of all time but if he added that to his game that would put latrell for me as probably the best outside like because latrell has the same physicality as gi did but i would argue latrell has better ball playing than than gi does without um, a doubt mm. yeah and so i well, I think that like Latrell has even more potential in it. You always game. want someone to leave you wanting more, though. Yeah, you know? for sure, yeah. For sure. Come on. Just, <laughs> you go, mate. I've got. I'll, okay. All right, yeah. Um, yeah. So like that. That's being super. Like that's me saying that like Latrell could be one of the best backs we've ever seen. What he's only twenty five <laughs> years old, but some of the stuff he does is absolutely amazing. Back to the Titans. 
the one, when I think of Luttrell, the one thing, he's a tax unreal. Mm. I just think his goal line D is just so not up to scratch for a fullback. Mm. He's a weapon, like one of the best deserves to be on a million a year. Yeah. But like, there's so many times where like teams will just put a grabber in second row, our centre just come and scores. Mm. It's like he's got to be there to clean it up. I always mm. argue with this one. The prelim mates, last year, I got like, caught out about three times. Three times, like all kicks for tries. I just reckon there's times where it's like, where are you? And there was, like there was a point when it was versus Roosters, he was defending on the wing at one point. Mm. Yeah, look, and I guess Trell. Like, I'm, yeah, I think it's like one of those things where, like, for sure, he, he could probably be fitter. Like, there's no denying that. I think where maybe in his head he's like, I'm going to win you the game anyway. Like the, kind of the way he thinks probably. Again, I don't know what he's specific thinking, but he's kind of thinking, I'm a bigger, full, I'm a way bigger fullback than normal. So all right, I didn't get back there for the kick, but I can guarantee you I'm about to. Which on the games that he doesn't do that, then you're like, well, mate, you didn't win the game for us. So it, I can understand why it can be like, mate, you've got to at least be there for the kick or whatever. It's a shame he left, though. He was one of the best centres in the game at the Roosters and won two comps and then he'll probably never win another one. So <laughs> it's a shame. <laughs> Just quickly on Davey Fafida again. I loved what I saw on the weekend. He, he set up a try where he he, he ran that Villiami kick out sweeping line outside the centre, I believe it was, and he tipped on. Mm. That said to me that Justin yeah. Holbrook's going, all right, how do we get more out of this bloke? Because we can't rely on him just, you know, get early ball, make him or whatever. It was creative outside the box thinking, even if it was from a Penrith Panthers blueprint. I don't know if that's where Holbrook got it from, but why wouldn't you copy it? Uh, and it just said to me, all right, is there going to be another dimension that ball playing out the back to his game this year? Because why not? Mm. Well, it's the first time we've seen him utilised other than just giving the ball and over. Yeah. Oh, it. mate. Some, some of these, like him being utilised, you're just like, come on, there's got to be more than that. This is professionals. Um, is there any Tigers fans in here? There we go. Oh, mate. You've been quiet, mate. <laughs> how, how are we feeling about the Tigers? Like, I was su- – it's a trial. It's a trial, and we know that trials mean nothing. But I actually felt – like, I was super impressed by the Tigers on the weekend. Well, what's not to be excited about? you got you got Sheens as coach. He's back. Sheenius. Hello, sport boys. You like that? <laughs> um, you got Benji in the coaching staff. You got – you signed – you signed Coruscant, Clemmer. Um, you got more senior players that are like off and Gowie, mm. stuff like that. They have contracts until 2025. Mm. What's not to get excited about? Uh, so you, you, you think they're going in the right direction? I think they are, yeah. yeah. Like, like we were talking about the Dragons. Sorry, buddy, again. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the culture shift, right? We're talking about the culture shift. And um, last year, we won our first wooden spoon. That was our first wooden spoon since we started in 2000. Yep. Um, and we've already changed that now. Like the culture's changed. Everyone can feel it. It's in the air. Um, I just think it's going to be a good year. Do you, what are your thoughts on the idea that, like, you know, Tim Sheens hasn't coached in the NRL for quite a while? Do you think he's going to have the ability – like, he hasn't had success in a substantial amount of time. Do you think that is a concern or not really? Like, he's going to know how to handle it? Well, I think he's already shown what he can do. Mm. I mean, security players like Api and stuff like that, yep. he knows how to build a team around him. Yeah. And even on the weekend um, against the Raiders – which was a good win. Um, <laughs> Great win. Great win. Well, they smashed us 50, 54-10 or something last year, so it was good to get a bit of revenge. Um, but anyways, um, even our forwards, they were running through through grubbers that Dewey was putting through and just scoring off them like they knew where to be. So yeah. um, we didn't see that much last year. Everyone looked sort of scattered and um, just going off Hastings. So. Well, there was, there was one play that I thought really, like, surprised not, – well, not surprised me because it's disrespectful, but, like – we didn't really see this from Tigers. I think it was like 10 minutes to go. Game was in the bag. 
I think someone took a scoot out of their own end and about four players came in, held him up and dragged him back into goal, like in goal that the Tigers boys did. And it was just a, it was a uh, ruthless play. Like it, they didn't need to do it. They could have just tackled the tackle, defend, end the game. But this kind of new look Tigers and we're going to see more of it. We're not, not too sure whether it will continue. But I think it... It showed a grit that they, a ruthlessness they just haven't had before, or well, yeah. recently. Enter Johnny Bateman too. Enter Johnny Bateman. I think Clem is bringing a lot of aggression with him. He's going to be like the Jared Rui Hargroves for our team. Mm. That's what I see. Um, yeah, I think it's exciting times for the Tigers. Now, I'm, I'm probably a little bit higher on the doggies than the, than the Tigers, but I do think they're heading in the right direction for sure. Uh, maybe ninth? Ninth? Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe. maybe. You've got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> Um, which teams haven't we done? We haven't done the Bron- Broncos, I don't think. Have we spoken about the... Anyway, how do you, do you think the Broncos have a culture issue? Uh, no, we're <laughs> going to win it, so we... <laughs> short segment. So we, uh, no, well, obviously, when a player comes out like Selwyn and says stuff like that, and nothing's even really come out about it. Like, he played in the trial. I don't know if he's going to get punished or, or like, what what's the repercussions for saying that stuff? Mm. Uh, I, th- I think they're just in a position where he's such a gun that they've just got to cop it on the chin. And Yeah, but if you're a strong club, you can't let that mm. stuff go. Oh, you know what I mean? But Diddy, is that it? Yeah, well, that's a lot, to be fair. That's more than I make. So. <laughs> uh, nah, but like, I think there is a little bit of a culture issue. I think mm. we still don't have like... We've got Rano and Kate Will up there, mm. but I, I just think we need like a few more older fellas just just leading the way. Mm. Like, it's just such a bunch of young kids with a lot of talent. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's. I think it's probably the the club's biggest concern right now. Is is you're right? Like, it's do we have a senior playing group? Because they're like the most. They're sometimes even more important than a coach. We don't we don't really have that right now, but. You know, we always harp on and say clubs should look to the future and we've had bad years, so why not look to the future? I got like Paddy Carrigan, even though he's young, I do think that he's stepping up quite well into that leadership role. Yeah, I think I think Pat and Payne, like, I think they'll be two blokes that we'll look to beyond Adam and, and Kurt Capewell, so... Mm. If Payne stays, Jesus. Yeah. No, no, he'll be right. All right. <laughs> might um, go to the Dragons, help them a little bit. <laughs> you seem like a nice guy, too. Uh, yeah. it's, it's brutal. Hey, it's not you, it's the Dragons, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> out. Who, who would have thought? The poor old Dragons getting smashed. Um, did we have we spoken about any, uh, not spoken about any other teams that's here? Anyone? Anyone's like, team we uh, have Doggies? Doggies? How are we feeling about the Doggies this year? Do you think we're still a year away or what? We didn't recruit many, so it's easy for you to forget um, about talking about the team. Um, oh, I think we're still a year away. Um, coming from the trials, I think the biggest concern, well, I guess the highlight was trial one, um, and then seeing them also get flogged by the Tigers took a bit of bite out of that. Um, but, yeah, week two, I think the biggest concern is still around that seven and one role. Mm. Um, I know Ciro came out earlier this week as well and kind of doubled down on the fact that he wants Hayes at number one. Yeah, it's surprising. I'm... I'm I'm still waiting to see whether I like fully agree with him being at one. I think he's he can got a lot of potential, but I, I he hasn't really wowed in the trials in in my opinion. Yeah, I think there's still a lot left to be kind of made a judgment about that, mm. um, and especially when Avarillo had kind of I think solidified there. I think we'd come in and especially when we know Crichton's coming in. I don't think there's a point of us running another experiment this year when we know we've got Crichton coming next year. I think you're better off just locking in 
um, seeing how Flano goes. I think still the biggest issue with Flano is he looks stressed or short of time whenever he's got the ball. Yeah. He's always looking around and double-guessing himself. I think especially in the second trial, I think he got tackled with the ball two, three times just mm. on the fifth tackle, no, nothing to go. So with how, I guess, ad hoc the boys seem to want to play now that we've got kick out, you've got the quick play the ball speed from Marnie, like you've got these players here that are looking to, you know, make quick decisions. I'm just not sure if he's going to be the the fit for the mould. I'm not mm. sure if you come through and give Rajab a go later in the season, if you get Carl Kirk later. Who do you see... If, if, you're, if you're not fully sold on Flano, I, I, I actually still think that he can be a top eight half, but if you're not fully sold on Flano, who would you go in the market for or would you develop internally? I think we just develop. I, I know, I, even when uh, in the game of the weekend, I think uh, Rajab was only out there for 10, 15 minutes before he got concussed, but he just looked cool as a cucumber. He was out there just playing easy ball. He was running right up to the line before he was playing out the back. Like He looked really cool out there, mm. had a good World Cup and can play one and seven. I know he's still got a bit of size to put on him. Like you said, size not everything when they're a bit young. But if he gets another full season, New South Wales Cup, I don't see any issue with him well, coming through. That's and a tough thing. I don't think he's top 30 at the moment. Yeah, so we'll have to wait later. Yeah. But I, I don't know if we just let Flano have the 11 rounds until we can go through. I think if you've had the full preseason with him, stick with him. Don't chop and change like we did last year. Just give him a crack and... Um, you just hope the rest of the boys come on, look really good early on, kick out, went off early. And yep. I think it's just hard to tell until we get likes TPJ back as well. Mm. So I think Are there's you, a lot of unknowns. Were you a big fan of Reed before he signed or did you not rate him? And did, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan now because you got the signing. But before he signed, were you a big fan of Reed? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I, or the biggest trife I had with our own nine of the dogs the last four or five years um nothing as jmk's purple patch last year mm. running games out of this world was doing it again on the trials for the dolphins um so i think he's come into a great set but it was just the passing game from our nine's always been a letdown like yeah we had, we had a decent play of the ball speed but the ball would be moving in slow motion in the air so you'd have guys like birdo and even flano just getting the ball a second later than they should be so mm. mine has got the best passing game in the comp if we can get that quick ball, play the ball speed we've got the forwards to get the go forward now as well i don't see any issues with us now getting to oppositions in 20 metres. Now we've just got to learn to polish off and get repeat sets or get the tries. So I'm not sure if that's something we can push for. I know uh, Timmy and Guru, you reckon we can kind of sneak in, but yeah, I'm not sure if we can sneak into the eight this year, if we can, happy days. And mm. yeah, obviously next year we'll have a bit more time with the, the combos. What are your thoughts on Burton? Burton, uh, love him, needs to run more. Um, definitely needs to, I guess, engage that line. That whole left side's gonna be phenomenal this year crazy, crazy. Um, stoked for that yeah as long as injury free fingers crossed yeah. um but yeah i think Berto's. it's hard as well because he's whenever he plays rep footy he goes into center and kills it there yeah. so but we can't really afford him to to shift in there when we don't have a viable backup either so um i think that's the toughest thing i uh, would love to see him you know kick more and rather than he just seems to just kick straight up and down as would love to see him get comfortable with more bombs and even the repeat set for grubbers if he takes control inside that 20 if he's comfortable to do that and Flano's not then happy to see him take the reins even mm. if he needs to shift to seven in the future sort of thing hopefully hopefully Flano is the answer at seven for them does the job they make the eight this year and kill it if he is not and he struggles uh, don't put too much pressure on the young fella but we sat here and spoke about Carl Oluwapu <clears throat> about a month ago when he signed mm. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All the reports out of Belmore, <clears throat> sorry, is that since he signed there, he's just killing it at training, super professional, mm. lovely young kid, big body about him. You know, there was all this talk of whacking blokes in like the lower grades and whatnot, yep. no matter how big they were, and he's been doing the same at training, just like fitting in perfectly. Yeah. I, I don't think I've been more G'd up for a New South Wales Cup round one game than the doggies <laughs> just to see Carl mm. play. Yeah. And he's 18, sure, he's young, and it takes time. You don't want to rush these guys. Yeah. But Sammy Walker was the same, Ezra Mann was the same, mm. and they were a lot smaller bodies than he was. So. Look, realistically, maybe he is a year away, possibly more. But on what I'm hearing, I should say, he could be a lot closer than we think, and yeah, it might yeah. be this season. And that's where I think with Canterbury, they've got the gun hooker, you've got the gun six. Next year, you'll have the gun one. I think Flano can be successful there, but I also think you can work with Carl at halfback <laughs> there for sure. Like, I think we always look at Premiership winning sides, and I'll throw to you in a minute. But you need the halfback. You can't win without the halfback. It's rare, but it's been done before. Mm. Brisbane, you guys did it. Yeah, Shane Perry, <laughs> the great Shane Perry. Won us a premiership, 2006. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not like... I don't think the spine is a problem for the doggies anymore. Like, I, I do think that they're going to have a, a good enough spine to, to push for finals. My biggest, I guess, <coughs> not concern, but it's probably the probably forward pack, Like where I'm like, when I compare that forward pack compared to the big, like, you know, Penrith... Uh, Roosters That's where I see Quite quite a substantial Like you've got Luke Thompson Where, where the jury's still out In Pelé Like he's trialled Really really well um, You know you've got uh, Kikau on one edge Hopefully he can stay Injury free On the other edge Still unsure Will you, will you go Renault? Renault I think they go RFM yep. Yeah RFM on one edge um, You know he has Struggled with injury So he played some Decent footy last year But can he get back To his best footy Um and so that's the really interesting thing with dogs is like I, I probably think that you need Pele to to kill it like to come in and be Luke Thompson's right hand man. But what's weird about like with the situation with Luke Thompson is really interesting because like it was only what ten months ago they were talking about they were looking to release him. So it's like do they see him as the path forward? I think he's a great front rower. Yeah. Um, and that's where, as you said, with the Canterbury pack, you look at it, you go, "Geez, it's a good pack." It's a good pack if they're all firing at the same time, which mm. they never are. Like Luke Thompson's been in and out, RFM's been injured. Went like Max, Max King slowly. Max King's improving. getting there. Tavita, you, you don't know what you're going to get minute to minute, let alone game to game. And like Tavita's on massive coin, Luke Thompson's on massive coin. So I, I think the forward pack is where that they'll probably make some slight adjustments over the next year or two. But I think the the signing of Pele is could be honestly could be game changing for the doggies. That honestly could be the difference between eight finishing in the eight and not in the eight because I think that rotation with Luke Thompson can really work. Because I just felt sometimes <coughs> Luke Thompson was like by himself, just like having a dig, and he just didn't have anyone to kind of go with him. Like, it, and I think Pele is a guy that can kind of do that. I'm very excited this season for Jacob Preston. I swear oh, to God, yeah, it's yes. not just because he damn Insta. <laughs> I, I think he's a good footballer too. Yep, mate, it just is stats from last season he's probably more of an edge back rower but 
scoring tries, assisting tries, massive worker. Again, word out of the club, just kills it at training. Mm. Um, just that coach's dream, won't miss a tackle. He just seems seems like a really well-rounded football for a young fella. Mm. I think the op, uh, injury to TPJ should nearly lock him into a bench spot round one. I think it was probably between Pelé and him, mm. depending where they want that size through the middle or another edge for Fatal Mariner, depending what he does. But... Uh, I think we'll get a look at him early on and really, really bright prospects. So even if this season isn't top eight, that's fine. But next season, with a few of these blokes coming through with a bit more experience, far out to bright future. And give Gussie and the Laundy Group back in his. I mean, it's not a bad, not a bad uh, duo to have. Uh, is there any other teams that we haven't done? Anyone? Got to them all that's here? If you're taking the Oh, sorry. <laughs> My bad. Uh, look, yeah, Raiders. Might make the A, who cares? Seriously, no, I'm it's joking. It's been six months, mate, since we kicked you out of the A. <laughs> You're still filthy. <laughs> um, the Canberra A's. What's, uh, Can I just ask Timmy a question? Yeah, sure. Oh, here I'm we go. He's pretty sure growing up in Cooma, knowing Timmy for since he was born, yeah. he's been a diehard Bulldog supporter. Confirmed. Oh, <laughs> oh no was way! A Bulldog have, supporter. Oh. Can we get confirmation here? When did the Raiders change all of a sudden? For any super coaches out there, I've been open. I've, I've been open about this on our podcast. Oh, I, August sure is it, mate? How long do we have left? <laughs> I grew up loving the Bulldogs and still do. If you didn't get that by that last fifteen-minute segment, uh, so what it was was grew up loving the doggies. Still do. I was five and a half hours from Belmore Oval. Mm. I was an hour to the gates of Bruce Stadium, it was at the time. Mm. So each weekend we'd go to these Raiders games, go to these Raiders games, grew up loving them. Uh, my, you forced it upon me, I don't like calling it out, but my elder brother was a Canberra Raider. Mm. So from about 16 years onwards, went to all, thanks Scott, thanks for bringing this up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You sound defensive, bro. Yeah, like. I am defensive. Yeah, I know. Uh, because cause I hate our uh, turncoats. But. <laughs> so, so from 16 years old, when he was, I was going to Rages games week in, week out for years and years and years. So uh, from, I mean, a long time ago now, but I've started loving the Canberra Raiders. Uh, been to that, with that club for a long time now and uh, grown a big passion for them. So I'm a Raider, have been for a long time, but the Doggies from over a decade ago, uh, will always have a soft spot in my heart. Fair enough, Tim. I can't, I can't say anything because my brother here, he's a, he goes from Broncos and Queensland, born in Cooma, New South Wales as well. You know so. what? I wasn't going to bring yeah. that up. <laughs> I'm glad you did. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you think you know a bloke. You yeah, think you know a bloke. Eh? I know. No wonder you're so high on the doggies. You're picking two, two horses in one race, mate. Um, Raiders. Raiders are actually a really interesting side because coming into this year, I was actually super high on the Raiders. Uh, and I, like, oh, look, it doesn't mean just because they play poorly in their preseason games that they're not going to be good. But I was actually like looking at their roster, looking at the fact that Ricky Stewart had like, you know, he turned the ship around. Tarpanet had become one of the best front rows in the game. Papali'i was guiding him. Whiten and Fogarty get to play more together. But like watching the trials, I don't know whether you guys are notoriously just slow starters. If you, if, let's just take the trials out. Let's pretend they didn't happen. I'm actually really high on the Raiders. Like a, a, another year of Fogarty and Whiten together, it's massive. Obviously, the loss of Savage for what two, three rounds? Uh, I think it's about six, isn't it? Broken jaw, eight. So he'll be back in about round six, round five, I'd say. About that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's obviously a big loss. Um, but I actually think that the Raiders have got a good, young, good mixture of old and young, and I, I think that they should be playing finals footy come the end of the year. 
Uh, I've been a fan since day dot, so I'll take this one, Timmy. <laughs> real fan, real fan. Only, he's like five hours away, so he didn't go. So he wasn't even loyal to Bulldogs. Invite your mates to the studio, he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm very, very excited. You touched on it there. Fogarty um, getting a full season would be massive. Um, he started to do it last year, but he was playing both side of the rock, both side of, sides of the ruck. And if he can get that going, and I really love Jackie Boyer's second receiver mm. so um, if Fogarty can sweep round and get that combination going um, I think that's the real key for our success this year um, it's a shame Savage got injured because we haven't had like a healthy spine for so long for like the whole year but um, if he can get back on the park and we get some combinations going together um, we, we play a style footy that's sort of I think we can beat anyone on their day like uh, that's the hopeful <laughs> that's the hopeful Raider in me mm. but um uh, it's a bit um, unorthodox in the way the second phase footy and the offloads. If we can get that going, um, I think we can beat anyone if we can time our run and mm. get some wins, um, be there at the right time of the year, then we can beat anyone. I think the Canberra 8 is uh, everyone's easy answer for who's going to fall out of the 8. Mm. So they started poorly and they finished 8th and whatnot. But <coughs> like, I, I think the halves having, finally having a pre-season together, I think it's going to be massive for Canberra. I think it's going to be huge for them. And I think they're another team that... As much as you look at fullback and you go, fuck, who's going to play there? Outside of fullback, I love the depth of their squad as well. Mm. I think it's really deep in a number of positions. What do you got? Three or four hookers? Everywhere except fullback. Everywhere except fullback, which of course is the one spot you're going to injury. And I think the answer was touched on there. We are so short of a fullback. Like it could be said, Chris lining up at fullback for us round one. Uh, the way hopefully around that is all right, you have to get Jack swinging both sides of the ruck because we're just lacking that ball player because we don't have a ball playing fullback mm. even when Savage is there to be honest it might do wonders for us if we're looking long term because if we do get this structure where you know Jamal's the controlling seven we have Jack I've always wanted like yourself Jack swinging both sides of the ruck he's a second receiver he's a ball runner mm. and you don't want him to have to control the team so by him doing that, it sort of alleviates a bit of that issue around the ball playing fullback. When Xavier does come back, if, if they can make this click, uh, there's opportunity in a what's a dark time in, in regards to the fullback. Yeah. Do, do you think nine is a bit of a, uh, a question mark? In reg- like Danny Levi looks like the guy that's going to get the starting role. Been to quite a few clubs, probably hasn't locked down a starting role. Then you've obviously got Starling coming off the bench. Starling, good, solid bench player, brings impact. But do you think that like nine could be the area where you may not have you, you may have questions throughout the year like because if Danny goes down then obviously you've got uh, Wolford is it mm. that come in but you know is he first grade material maybe maybe not I'm not sure do you think nine's somewhere where you could be a concern nine is definitely an issue and ideally you want a creative hooker in the modern game the thing is, you don't necessarily need it. Of course, we all want Appy Corsair or Damien Cook running out of dummy half, controlling, having perfect ser- perfect service, but it's not always as simple as that. What that means is you just put a hooker in there who can give good service. Mm. Look at what Lockie Croker's done at Manly. Yeah. All right, he's not a well beater, wouldn't be on a lot of cash. That means you can splash elsewhere. Uh, and set, I just don't think there is the quality hooking depth in the NRL at the moment where every club can have that. So yes, it's an issue, but whether it be Wolford or Levi, if they can sit there, defend well, give good early service, uh, bring the forwards onto the ball, and then we do have that X-Factor 9 of Tommy Starling off the bench. Mm. The thing about it is, if we can hang in that first 20 or 30, get in the grind with our big pack, which is our, that's where we win games, mm. once they get that roll on through the middle, that's where Tommy Starling comes on after 30 and just goes whack, whack, whack. Mm. So there are ways around it, but yes, it's an issue. 
What do you reckon is an issue? Or not? Yeah, totally agree. The yeah. the key is to um, get the most out of Tommy Starling. He's the he's the answer at nine. And um, however you can get him making less tackles and less um, effort plays rather than just running the ball and getting uh, getting on the back of a quick um, play the balls. Um, and if that's Woolford or Levi, I think they could play a similar role. Yeah. Uh, we'll just talk about Cowboys quickly because I don't think we've spoken about Cowboys, have we? Not not in depth. Um, I actually think Scotty Drinkwater is a smoky for Dallium. I think he's a smoky. I was going to say the same thing earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, took it from you. Yeah. Oh, I know more rugby <laughs> no, than no, you. No, no, I think he's a smoky for Dallium. He looks confident. Another, he didn't even play a whole year at fullback last year. Uh, you look at their spine, you've got Tommy Dearden who went into Origin and killed it. Chad, the great Chadwick Townsend. Like, I, I, then you've got, well, you've got to fly back up to training tomorrow, but you've got Reese Robson. <laughs> um, I really like what I'm seeing at the Cowboys. Like, when you look at that spine, that spine could win a premiership. You already know they can because Chad Townsend has. Scotty Drinkwater was, I think, fourth on the Dally M last year. Yep. Um, Tommy Dearden has played well in Origin, so we know he can play in the big games. Reese Robson may get called. He may be the starting hooker for New South Wales this year. Like, we, that's how good he is at the moment. You look at the forward pack, incredible. Outside backs, you've got the Dally M centre. You've got Tualangi, who is uh, Tualangi that played for Australia. Like, the Cowboys are looking red hot, in my opinion. What, what are your thoughts with the Cowboys? Yeah, very exciting, I think. Um, you look at how they went last year, and there's a few blokes that had like career high years, and that, I guess that's what kind of worries me because they've got to go back to that level mm. to achieve that. Um, but what I saw on the weekend, like even their first try, Tommy Dearden skipping across field, and he hits Val, who just accelerated like yeah. a freight train. It was horny to watch. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then... I get the same feeling watching footy all the time. Yeah, it was a bit of movement. And then you look at... You look at Drinky. Um, I, 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 the whole team, really, I love the coaching of Peyton. Like, you know that every week, whoever he picks, 17 blokes are going to be fit, mm. they're going to be strong, and they're going to have a go and not give up. That's mm. what I see. Yeah. Um, and very encouraging of, like, open space footy, new age footy. Like, on the weekend... There was a kick to Felt on the right wing. He catches it, rockets it 20 metre right to left to Drinky, who mm. almost lets it go. Another one to Tulagi. Um, there was Drinky throwing the ball in the in goals. There's the two short dropouts. Um, Nanai showing that he can back it up. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was really exciting, I think. If there's one concern, what is, what, like, I agree with you. The one concern I would have for the Cowboys is sometimes, like, I think, you know, Michael Maguire struggle with this sometimes where the years where he's won the premiership, he had these crazy pre-season and this crazy training resume that like, you know, got the boys in a crazy nick, but you can't do that every single year. And so the only thing, and I'm not saying Top Hayden's the same as that, but we do know they notoriously had a really tough pre-season last year. And that's my only concern is, is like, are they working too hard? Like, is there is there going to be burnout? Um, I don't think there will be, but that has to be a question you have to ask because like, a bunch of players that were playing down here literally went up to, like, in a whole in a season. Can they do it again? Kind of thing. I saw it was on the Matty John's face to face where he had Todd Payton, mm. um, and I think there's a big difference. We've all we've all been you know played footy and been flogged. There's a difference between being flogged um, and, and what I'm about to say. But the biggest thing that I took away from it was he was talking about his preseason, mm. and he said his biggest thing last year was making the boys do things they're uncomfortable doing. Mm. And it was more so around like, oh, yeah, guys, come in tomorrow, we're doing a pool sesh. And then he'd flog them mm. because they weren't ready for that or mid-flogging and would break off and do ball work or something. Or he's, I really liked that modern-day 
coach's philosophy of making them do uncomfortable things. And for me, that's what provides grit and um, decision-making under fatigue mm. and uh, and creativity as well, Yeah, um, which I think shone through in their footy last year and even so far this year. And not and allowing like something bad happens in a game and like your reaction is negative usually, like, oh, something bad, like we dropped the ball. Oh. Yeah. Whereas like if you get used to things just happening bad and going, it's not going to affect our attitude, that can really help you. Yeah, like it's not just like, uh, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Like mm. what do we do now? You know, just last year I saw a, a resilience in them and um, just always just on to the next one, on to the next one, mm. make six tackles, we'll get the ball back. Yep. Um, in answer to your other question of what one problem was, um, I worry about the 14. Mm. Jake Granville was the 14 on the weekend and huge respect for Granville last year. He played fullback <laughs> at one stage and centre another and was arguably the best player in the field in both yeah. those games. So I don't like saying it, but I think Jake's best football is behind him. Mm. I hope a 14 can spring out this year, whether it's young Tom Chester or a journeyman in Ben Hampton. Um, I just hope someone can own that jersey. Ben Hampton had a pretty good trial, I reckon. Especially the first one, he was all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's the answer. Mm. Um, I, I don't have an answer. Yeah. But I just hope someone springs out because, mm. yeah, I worry about, you guys talked about longevity of players like um, playing 80 each week at hooker. Mm. I, I don't think Robbo can do that all year. Yeah, especially with the way he plays, super yeah, aggressive. Too tough for his own good. Yeah. yeah. I think Chester is your answer, but I couldn't yeah, I think believe so. he didn't play last week. No, he didn't play last week. That shocked nah. me. Which, I don't know, is that a good sign or a bad sign? Um, like are yeah, they trying to not rush him? Maybe, yeah. yeah or, fair. or is there? Are they seeing? You know, there's certain attitude things he needs to fix. Um, yeah, fair. I, when I saw him not named, I was a bit thinking perhaps that can go two ways. He's not ready. We're done with him. He's going to start the year in cup. Mm. Or we've seen enough. He's going to be the 14 in round one. So why does he need to play? Mm. I'm not sure. We'll know. Yeah, next I Tuesday. think my experience, like playing footy, if you're not in that last trial, you're not you're not going to get selected unless someone plays super poorly and you play really good in the New South Wales Cup trial or Queensland Cup trial, I think it may be a, a, like probably a, a not rushing him uh, decision because you've got such a strong, strong squad. There's no reason to bring in. Because how old is he? 21, 22. So yeah. quite young. You've got such a good <coughs> squad. You don't need to – like I think Melbourne Storm do it really well. Like they've had Jack Haworth sitting in – he's on a massive contract and he's played reserve grade all last year because they understand that – you only get your first year once and if he has a like look how long Tom Dearden took to recover from the situation of the Broncos and how poorly that was all handled like he was like Tom, Peyton said in that interview with Matty Johns um, he was a shell of a person a shell like it took him that long to turn it around like there were people that like Tom Dearden was getting mocked like as in like it was almost a butt of a joke and now he is an origin player impacting origin games which shows you how crucial that first year or two is in a career so it may be patience i think uh, in that interview too just struck me of how much of a locker room guy todd payton is yeah well, like maddie asked him about tom didden's debut for origin and he's sitting at home on the lounge he's talking about like a proud dad yeah and he yeah. just just gave me goosebumps of like there's just blokes that just want to play for this bloke yeah yeah you know and then you still got Highland lucky to come back we've got oh, huge man. raps on yeah. he'll play origin i reckon oh, next year or two he'll talent play like, where's his ceiling? Mm. I, I don't know. What's um, funny is, like, Nanai, probably prior to last year, you would have had Lukey in front of Nanai. And yet, so that shows you how good Lukey is if Nanai's gone fucking yeah. through he, the roof. He's got every trick in the bag that, like, a, he, he needs to have to succeed. Yep. And then Luch to come back to. 
yeah. um, pending, Hopefully. you know, whenever that may be. Yeah. Even if he pops back in round 12 after, you know, um, his things are settled, um, like hypothetically, mm. it's not like he's coming back from a knee or something like that. Yeah. If he pops back in round 12 and he's straight into the bench, you know he's getting flogged and he's fit every yeah, week. for sure. Luke, he's quite like Sean Lane to me. He's that big, rangy, tall, awkward back rower who runs a great line, but he's more explosive than Sean Lane. Like, he is so powerful, yeah. so strong. He gets through a lot of work, too. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. He's super exciting. Um, I think that's it, boys and girls. I think that's it. Uh, all teams done that's, that's here, yeah? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, thank you so much for coming, guys. That was great. Really enjoyed it. I could honestly talk for hours longer. Uh, powered by Bloke Beer, as always. Get down to your local, grab a case of Bloke Beer in every celebrations bottle of Porter's Liquor, IJ Plus Liquor, New South Wales ACT. <laughs> um, and as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.